This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor Tony Cahoot. Isaiah chapter 66 and verse number 18. The word says, For I know their works and their thoughts. It shall come that I will gather all nations and tongues and they shall come and see my glory. Do you see that? Simple verse. Read it again. For I know their works and their thoughts. It shall come to pass that I will gather all nations. Do you see that? All nations. If you have been here in all of the other series, from Sermon 1, now as we embark on the closing sermon, is America and Bible prophecy. I think it's important for us to reminisce just for a moment because this passage of Scripture is pertaining to that great and final day. And friend, there is coming a day when God is going to gather all the nations of the world According to the Bible, He is going to gather all of them together to a common place called Armageddon. When He does this, His purpose is that this world will see the glory of His Christ when He returns in the clouds of heaven with power and glory. He will declare and show His omnipotence to the world. He will defeat the beast the dragon, the Antichrist. And he will place the devil in the pits of hell for the period of 1,000 years to commence his millennial reign from the throne of David. I will tell you that this world has never seen simultaneously anything as this spectacular before. The Word says that every eye will see it. He is going to draw all nations to Armageddon. And that's imperative when you look at verse number 18 again. Some of the key words in that passage of Scripture is all nations. All of them. Now I realize that on the surface that this is a complicated subject. I understand that. But when you look at the Word and you begin to compare spiritual things with spiritual things, God amazingly throws light on this subject. That's why we have a verse such as Psalms 119, 105 that says, The Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I will hide His words in my heart that I might not sin against God. Now listen carefully today. This morning, I believe without disagreement that we are living in the most liberal Godless, humanistic, secular generation in the history of America. Now don't hesitate to say amen if the Holy Spirit leads you. You know, Ezekiel talked about the dry bones, but I don't believe this is the valley of them. So if God rings your bell, let Him have His way. Amen? 
Having said all that, I want you to thank God every single day for our Christian godly heritage that we have had and been blessed and graced with in America. I don't believe that any one of us should ever come close of taking one single day of America's heritage and America's freedoms for granted. Listen carefully to this. Every day, Every single day when the sun rises over Washington, D.C., its first rays fall upon the eastern side of what is known as the city's tallest structure. That structure is 555 feet tall. It's the structure that we all so commonly know to be the Washington Monument. The Washington Monument was designed by Robert Mills. It was built between 1848 and 1884. And that monument was erected in honor and dedication of this nation's first president, George Washington. The first part of the monument that reflects the sun is the aluminum capstone where these words are inscribed. Laos Dio. And friend, that is Latin. For praise be to God. Many of you may not have known that. But the capstone on the Washington Monument built in the mid to late 1800s. Are you with me? It doesn't say Kumbaya. The capstone on the monument says praise be to God. Now I want you to understand something. These words are visible, I realize, to heaven alone. But listen carefully, those words, praise be to God, were placed there as a constant reminder and acknowledgement of the place that God Himself had in the founding of this great nation. It would not surprise me if somewhere soon down the road we would start hearing among all of the other ridiculous nonsense debates that are going on today, that somebody is going to actually get the idea, well, you know, here a billion, there a billion, everywhere a billion, billion. What difference does it make? Let's just spend a billion dollars and get that capstone off the monument. Wouldn't surprise me at all. In fact, just last week, I don't know what this does to you. Time will not permit for me to tell you what it does to me. In the most unforgettable, unimaginable moment of our lifetime that we witnessed and experienced together, when those planes went into the Twin Towers and exploded, killing all passengers and thousands of people trapped within them towers. When our president stood before the camera of the world and said, this would not be forgotten. 
Shortly after the rubble and the debris and the human remains were all removed from ground zero, the architects got together and said, listen, we're going to build again. And this first tower we're going to call and name as the Freedom Tower. And it was applauded by the world of the free. Well, do you know that the word Freedom Tower has now become offensive to some people? And we as Americans don't want to be offensive. And so, rather than calling it the Freedom Tower, everybody in the little campfire, Kumbaya, has said, let's call it the One World Trade Tower. That, my friend, is happening this day, the moment I'm breathing and standing on this platform. So it would not surprise me if somebody gets a notion to take the capstone off the Washington Monument that was put there during the Battle of the Alamo almost, before and after the Civil War. Listen, those words are placed there to remind us of God's position in the founding of this great nation. Most of us have always considered America to be a Christian nation. We most, every one of us probably think that. And originally it was, but friend, listen, today that's not the case. Today the political process and human pleasures run and govern this country and no longer the righteousness which we were founded on and that was in the beginning charting the course for this country. Today, America is predominantly a secular nation as the children of Israel forsook God and danced around the golden calf. I'm telling you that America today is a carbon copy of that. But we must acknowledge that there are a few Christians left who are still holding on to some old-fashioned Christian principles. You say, preacher, does... The number bother you? No, the numbers don't bother me at all. Because you see, the truth of the matter is this, that God has always worked through a remnant. He has always gloriously worked in a few things, a little bit of this and a little bit of that. For example, ask the little boy who had the fish and the loaves. Ask the widow who had just enough meal for one more supper. Ask the little shepherd boy who only had five smooth stones. So as far as not being large in number, listen to this. As far as not being large in number and as God-fearing, conservative, King James Bible-toting, born-again believer, somebody say amen. If you're out there, say amen. That doesn't provoke me to a nervous breakdown. Listen carefully. You see, little is much when God is in it. And when you look back over the course of the history of this nation, there were some men who stood up unashamed for their faith in God. 
I don't know about you. My opinion is this. I believe the greatest president that this nation has ever had was President Ronald Reagan. And this is what he said. I'm quoting him verbatimly. I have always believed that this anointed land was set apart in an uncommon way. That a divine plan placed this great continent here between the oceans to be found by people from every corner of the earth who had a special love of faith and freedom. President Ronald Reagan. Now let me ask you the question again. Is America in Bible prophecy? I think I can conclude that God did and does have a plan for America. No, it's not true. We're not the nation. Well, listen, it is true that we're not the nation we used to be. But it's not true that God has completely given up on us. But listen to this. It is, it's, it's true that the Bible does not specifically spell out the name America. That's true. The Bible does not definitively spell out United States of America. But I believe that God is very much aware that we are here. And we have been an apple to his eye. Throughout our nation's history, we can trace America's leaders turning to God for guidance. And friend, that has not been bogus in our freedoms and our prosperities. Listen to this. We can see General George Washington kneeling down in the snow at Valley Forge. Benjamin Franklin requested that each day of the Constitutional Convention be opened in prayer. And he went on record to say this, and I quote him verbatimly. Benjamin Franklin, the longer I live, the more convincing proofs I see of the truth that God governs in the affairs of men. Without his aid, we shall succeed in this political building no better than the builders of the Tower of Babel, Benjamin Franklin. We read of our founding fathers on their knees at the First Continental Congress. Many of you may not know this. Henry Wilson was the vice president to Ulysses S. Grant. And this is what the vice president to President Grant said. Remember ever and always that your country was founded not by the most superficial, the lightest, the most irreflective of all European races, but by the stern Puritans who made the deck of the Mayflower an altar to the living God whose first act on touching the soil of this new world was to offer on bended knees thanksgiving to Almighty God. We see Woodrow Wilson reading his Bible late at night in the dim lights of the White House. And so, friend, it's clear that America did not become the land of the free and the home of the brave by blind fate or by some set of happy-go-lucky coincidences. Here's something that we all need to be reminded of, friend. America was not founded on liberal ideas or political correctness or voodoo and witchcraft. You see, I believe that we had a benevolent God hovering over this nation from the very moments of our conception. Why did God choose to bless America above all other nations? Why did He choose to do that? Have you ever wondered about it? 
Well, I want you to understand something that God never does anything without a purpose and a plan. Everything God does, it's for a reason. God never does anything without plan. He never does anything without having a, a permissive and a perfect will for you and our lives. If that was the case, then is what, what does God have for the future of America? Let me ask you this. If God has a plan for America or God had a purpose, what is his plans for America? What is America's place in the end time Bible prophecies? Well, in order to see some light, I think we've got to examine a little bit of the past. If we want to see a little bit of the present and a little bit of the future, we've got to see and go back and examine a little bit of the past. Why has God been so good to America? I believe, first of all, God has been good to America because America has been the force behind worldwide missions. Now, I want you to think about that. God has blessed this country abundantly because we have been the source behind worldwide missions. And by the way, friend, if you don't know this by now, you need to learn it today that missions is the heartbeat of God. And America has been the force behind it. The United States has the distinction of sending out over three-fourths of the missionaries compared to the rest of the world. And I will tell you this, that God will always bless those who honor His priorities. God's made that clear in John 3.16. For God so loved the world. What is His priority? He so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. When we get involved in the priorities of God, listen, we get God's attention. God has blessed this country because we have been involved with His priorities. And that is the force behind worldwide missions. When we hear the words of Jesus as He gathers His disciples around the Mount of Olives and He whispers these words prior to His departure to heaven... He said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost and whatsoever things I have commanded you. And lo, he said, I am with you always. That, my friend, is the priority of God. And America has been involved in that. That's one reason why God has blessed this nation. Secondly, God has blessed America because she has been a friend to the Jewish people. Listen to this. America's historic support of Israel has not been based upon the efforts of Jewish lobbyists. It's not been based upon special interest groups in our society. Make no, uh, make no mistake about this. Our support of Israel, America and Israel, the support of America to the nation of Israel has been based simply on one thing, that we have a common heritage in the Judeo-Christian heritage of our nation. Their God is our God. That's what common links us together. President Harry Truman had a determination to recognize the state of Israel as a modern state. I don't know how many of you know this, but his passion to do that for Israel was fueled by his lifelong belief in that the book of Deuteronomy had said this. God himself had given the land of Israel 
to the Jewish people for all time. Harry Truman believed it. Number three, God has blessed America because of our free nation concept. You say, what does that got to do with anything? Let me tell you this. God has always dealt with the free will of man. Always. God has never, ever forced a person to do anything outside of their will. Never. That's why we find a scripture like this, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. None of us have ever been forced to love Him, to serve Him, to worship Him, to honor Him, to exalt Him, to praise Him, to glorify Him. None of us have ever been forced to do that. If God gets any breath of praise from our lips, it's because we desire to give it to Him. God has blessed America because of our free nation concept. But sadly today, our precious heritage of freedom is being challenged internationally and internally by the erosion of our culture. Listen to this. Number four, God has blessed America because it was founded upon the Word of God. America's founders made it clear that their dependency was totally on God. And they were in submission to God and His authority. Because of this, God has blessed America like no other nation on the face of the earth. Psalms 33.12 says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom He hath chosen for His own inheritance. Proverbs 14, verse 34, Righteousness exalteth a, nature, a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. I want you to understand, that's the truth, that's the Word of God. But sadly, to the drumbeat of heartache and political corruptness and correctness and greed and immoral lust, America has fallen way shy of the righteousness in which we were first built upon. Because America is not mentioned by name in the in the Bible or Bible prophecy. I want us to think about something. Yet the Bible says in Isaiah 66, the scripture we read in the opening part of this sermon is this, that all nations, all nations will be gathered to Armageddon. Now God does not mention the United States of America by name. But what he does mention is all nations. And he said, I'm going to gather them all to the battle of Armageddon. America will somehow be included in that. Now, because it's not spelled out as the United States of America, we have to look at this past, present, and future. We can only conclude to some things that may or may not possibly be. Where will America be in these last days? We can only conclude that America will soon be incorporated into the European coalition. No longer being the superpower that it has been known for for years and years and centuries. Listen to this. It could be that America prior to the tribulation will be invaded by outside forces. That could happen. One truth is this, that there's no doubt that America will be continually infected by immoral decay. Almost six decades ago, President Herbert Hoover 
wrote a warning that America has paid no attention to. Listen to this. After calling attention to several new programs and concepts and new religions and new this and that, this is what the president said. We have overlooked the word new. Or we have overworked the word new. The practical thing we can do if we want to make the world over is to try out the word old. Try out the word old for a while. There are some old things that made this country. Some old things that are slipping badly in American life and if they slip too far, the lights will go out of America. He went on to say this, old virtues of religious faith, integrity, and whole truth and honor in public office, economy and government, individual liberty, willingness to sacrifice. He said, our greatest danger is not invasion by foreign armies. Our dangers are that we may commit suicide from within the complacence of evil. Listen very carefully. The scriptures make it clear that even a long-suffering, compassionate, merciful God will not always strive with man. The last consideration is this. Is America in Bible prophecy? Let me tell you what I believe. If the rapture were to take place today, right now, I want you to listen carefully and I want you to think with me now. If the rapture were to take place right now and all the true believers of Jesus Christ disappeared into thin air in a single moment, do you know that America as we know it today would be obliterated? Do you realize that? Think about it just for a minute. I've got a couple of more things to say and I want, I've got, I want to show you a visual illustration here in just a minute. He's going to get that set up for me. But this is what I want you to understand. That when the rapture takes place, America, listen, don't watch him, watch me. When the rapture takes place, millions and millions and millions of citizens in this country will disappear. Do you realize that? Now, not only will millions and millions of citizens disappear, but millions and millions of salt and light will disappear. Because you see, it's the salt and light that's preserving this world right now. When the rapture takes place, millions of citizens, millions of salt and light, millions of the blood-washed redeemed will be in a twinkling of an eye disappeared from this country. Now listen, when that happens, think about it just for a minute. That means that America will lose 25% of its population but also that much percentage of its salt and light. Who could possibly imagine 
all of the chaos in this country when God's people are taken out. So is America in Bible prophecy? The Bible does not say and spell out United States of America. But I want you to know something, that America has been a friend of God. And America has been a friend to the Jew. God never does anything without a purpose. He never does anything without a plan. Now, I cannot show you the words United States of America in the Bible. But what I can show you is this. Again, God never does anything without a purpose. Do you believe that? Amen. Everything God does, He has a master plan for. And what I'm going to show you, God could have done it a million other ways. But for some reason, He chose to do it this way. America has been a friend of God. You, you know what Jerusalem means to God, right? Do you know what Jerusalem means to the Jew? Jerusalem is a troublesome stone to the world. God could have done it any other way. But he did it this way. <laughs> and listen, could he have spelt it another way? He could have, but he didn't. I don't want you to be misled this morning, but what I want you to understand is that America has been in the tender, compassionate heart of God's chosen people. And I will tell you this, God has had His blessings on America. He's had his blessings on America for some reasons. It's not just blind fate. Where is all of this headed, preacher? It's all headed to one simple thing that you and I need to be focused on, and that is the sound of a trumpet. You need to get ready to hear it. Because it could happen any moment. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, when that trumpet sounds, friend, there's no retreat. There's no second chance. And so if you've not given your heart to Christ, is America in Bible prophecy? Well, I'll tell you this, as a nation, Isaiah 66, 18 says, God will gather all nations to Armageddon. If America is by chance a superpower, which it will probably not be at that time, 
America will be incorporated into the European countries. Somewhere there will be American English-speaking people in Armageddon. The way to avoid all of that, the way to bypass the tribulation in Armageddon is to take the train to glory. Amen. Jesus Christ. Trust Him as your Savior today. You listen to Pastor Tony Cahoot. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.